0: Welcome to The Playlist Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist. And for this episode, I have an interview I'm sharing that I recently conducted with filmmaker Matthew Vaughn, the director of the new super spy action comedy, Argyle. Vaughn is no stranger to spy films, having previously directed three Kingsman movies. And previous to that, he was probably best known for films like X-Men First Class, Kick-Ass, and his debut feature, Layer Cake. He's a filmmaker who's known for making fun, action-oriented movies, commonly finding himself knee-deep in genre work, and Argyle is no different. Argyle is a film that features an amazing cast that includes Bryce Dallas Howard, Sam Rockwell, Henry Cavill, John Cena, Brian Cranston, and more. The film tells the story of a famous author of spy novels who finds that her novels actually have predicted real-world events. So as she preps work on her next novel, real spies come out of the woodwork to get the information about what she's writing about next and how it might affect the world. Oh, and through it all, the author carries around a backpack with her beloved cat in it. It's exactly the type of film you might expect from Vaughn, especially if you're a fan of the Kingsman films. And considering he spent the last decade working on Kingsman and now Argyle, I asked him about why he can't seem to break free of the world of spies. We also talked about his idea for a super spy cinematic universe that would link all of his films together. Of course, since I'm a comic book nerd, I talked to him about the highly anticipated Kick-Ass Reboot that he's been hinting at for years now. And finally, I do talk to him about Deadpool 3, as he was a formative voice in the X-Men film universe that is seemingly now coming to an end. But before I play my interview, I gotta tell you, the Playlist Podcast is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes Defocus, The Discourse, Bingeworthy, and more. And if you want to find us, you can check your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your favorite shows. Okay, without any further ado... Here's my interview with Matthew Vaughn, the director of Argyle, which is in theaters now. Enjoy. It's been a decade since The Kingsman. uh, And since then, you've directed three movies in that franchise and now Argyle. What is it about the spy genre that keeps you coming back after a decade? Um, It's depressing when you say it's been 10 years. I know. I um, It was depressing for me when I came to that realization too. Um,
1: um, I've always loved spies. I mean, you know, I, I you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of like romantic comedies. So I haven't made one of those in the last 10 years for um, in theory, I actually just have in some ways, as I say that, but um, 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 I, I just like spy. I love the world of espionage. I love serious spies, real spies, real spy books, fictional in like Flint man from uncle to all the way to smiley's people. Um, I don't know why I just gadgets. I've always loved gadgets. It all started probably with James Bond and, and that was that just ignited a love for espionage. Yeah.
0: And, and speaking of James Bond, you, uh, you have a character in this movie, played by Sam Rockwell, who's kind of our James Bond in this movie, right? And I don't think a lot of people would would imagine Sam Rockwell as the you know first choice for a super spy James Bond esque character. What is it about him that made you think like this
1: is the guy who can who can carry the role? Um, because I was trying to subvert what you think a spy should be, but I'm telling you now, as you know, Roger Moore said it what sort of spies James Bond when you walk in a room and everyone says, hello, Mr. Bond, We've been, we, have, we have your your favorite drink made perfectly. You know, spies should walk in a room, you do not notice them, they do their stuff and they get out and you didn't even know they were there. Um, and that's what Rockwell was for me. You know, you know Rockwell, I know, could blend in and, but not be boring. That was the issue. You know, you don't want someone <laughs> that blends in and you're like, you don't notice them and they're dull, but he was, he would, I knew he'd come along and give me what I call the rock and roll, uh the rock and roll the what? the rock and roll born let's say
0: okay and then on the opposite end of the spectrum you have henry cavill who's basically you know born from a james bond mold right like this is a guy who everybody wants to be james bond at some point how did you convince him to to take on a super spy role but also say like hey we're gonna do this little tongue-in-cheek and have a little fun with it
1: well i i listen i think if if you read ian fleming He's describing Henry Cavill, right um uh, pull stop so I loved that idea of uh but then I went and I said to, you know I, I said to Henry I want this character if 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 he was to be bond give me fifty percent Connery fifty percent <laughs> Roger Moore so I need the the t- you know those two things come together but also play him seriously you know it it it, it it's he, he's he's not Austin Powers. um so um and you know, and it and it was he was instant. That's one of the main reasons I cast him. Is you see him with a flat top asking Drew Leave to dance, you know you're dealing with a pretty damn cool spy.
0: And and was there ever any concern? Because the, the flat top is is a look, let's just say yeah. that. Um yeah. what were you ever convinced that like it's supposed to be a little kind of silly, but it's also in Henry Cavill who could make, you know, anything look really cool?
1: Well, if you got on a, a, a ring, uh, let's say you got into the boxing ring of Ivan Drago, would you think he had a silly haircut? <laughs> uh, touche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very true. Um, let's
0: let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk about the music because that's something I've noticed, uh, particularly uh, since The Kingsman, but just kind of throughout your your careers, you use music in fun and interesting ways. And then uh, obviously, The Kingsman has that needle drop moment with Leonard Skinner that's super iconic now. Yeah, and without giving anything away, let's just say music plays a big, big role in Argyle as well. Yeah, what is yeah. it about picking a song or, or a, a moment where you're like, this is this is perfect? Is it is it difficult? Does it feel like kind of intimidating to pick the
1: right song or moment? Well, it gets harder. <laughs> I can tell you, because um, you know most of the songs I pick are normally on my you know on my iPod, my well, iPod, I know, my iPhone, whatever you know, my playlists and shit um and and music is so it's so important to me and 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 it's funny because i do a lot you know i watch a lot of movies and oh there's so many needle drops now but they feel like needle drops like oh let's just put this song on and and i'm always trying to put on a song to create an emotional connection to that moment so and i think sometimes now people just put songs on oh well it's an action sequence so let's put a a you know a I a, a I don't know, a, a romantic silly song on it just to make or or a horror film. You know, that everyone's like, I think a lot of people are trying to do the juxtaposition will put the weird song on and you watch it and go, yeah, you just put a weird song on. It's not actually <laughs> right. helping. Now, so I always try to put songs on that they just tell the audience how they're meant 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 to feel. Um I mean I think Freebird worked on the church sequence for two two reasons: the style of music felt like that area of America to me it may be wrong, but it 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 made me feel that but secondly, I needed a long guitar solo <laughs> so, and if you're looking for a guitar solo at that length suddenly the list is very short um and um and and the songs uh on this movie the same thing is 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 like the beatles came out of nowhere i got to say that was not that that and that saved my ass cuz i couldn't find a love song which had pathos and hope which was really really important and the and ironically the lyrics now and then summed up a certain relationship which i was like wow that's just weird so that fitted and then the rest of the songs are mainly disco, because again, I wanted this to be a feel-good fun movie, and I think disco does that. So we picked a lot of disco tracks to just make the point of guys, girls, have some fun on this one. You know, just just switch your mind off and just go on the ride and tap your foot feet to the to the rhythm of these amazingly infectious disco songs. Um, but I did learn something on this movie with the try not to give the, let's call it the um the the oil extravaganza scene right um i always imagine that as a needle drop i tried about 700 songs not i couldn't get a song to work to work and i would when i'd watch it i'd watch the movie with audiences and everyone was like this after the, the oil skating and i'm like guys come on this is a pretty cool sequence though and then I realized because we had a needle drop about four minutes earlier and an action sequence, it suddenly became, you know what? I've just you know you know after you've eaten a cheeseburger, you don't want another cheeseburger, you want a milkshake. Or and I was giving a double cheeseburger after you just finished a single cheeseburger, and then we turned it to score, and then we're getting rounds of applauses and whooping and everyone saying "Hey!" and I was like, "Well, thank God I didn't listen to some, some executives who said just cut the cut, you know." Cut the cut the ice skating. It's too much. Um, so that shows the power of music that sometimes is not is not as obvious as you think. Because I would have, uh, you know, we we designed the whole thing to to a disco track, and then we I had to get rid of that and then put classic scoring, which yeah. which was a big lesson for me.
0: That, that's really interesting that even the studio might even suggest, you know, to, to cut the sequence because it wasn't working with the music when that sequence is so intricate
1: and I think important um, yes. for, for the movie. No, exactly. But it just shows that's one of the hard things about filmmaking is when you do these test screenings, they identify problems, but the data doesn't necessarily, the, the, the data is more of a clue, not a fact. In, these, in in this testing um, And and some people They just read these things And they go Oh the ice skating didn't work Cut it out And you're like Well no Or there will be a sequence the church sequence For example mm-hmm. In Kingsman They went 70% of the people Absolutely loved it But 30% hated Cut it out I went why He goes, well we don't, we don't We want to make that 30% happy I went But do you realise The other 70% You've just lost So you're going to have 100% of boredom <laughs> And confusion Is that what mm-hmm. you're looking for So that's My job is to protect and interpret these um, these the, the the data, which um, but where it was where the data was right was the church sequence wasn't not church sequence the ice or the oil moment wasn't what wasn't right it wasn't working for so, and and I realized it was the music yeah so uh, you've been teasing lately
0: that this idea that you would like to create a bit of a a super spy cinematic universe. And I don't want you to. to I'm not going to ask you to like give details about that. But I'm curious, as a filmmaker, when uh, when you look at the idea of a cinematic universe and kind of combining maybe characters from here, or there, or anywhere else, um, what about that
1: attracts you as a storyteller? Well. Um... Again, I don't know. I mean, just I'm attracted to it. You know, you know. If if you like, you know, you know. Do you do you like comics? Do you like if you like? Uh, you know, yeah, some, yeah, yeah. So if you like comics, you know, people go, why do you like comics? They're great. Well, <laughs> but, you know, but somebody I like comics, but I'm, you know, I'm not really into Chekhov. You know, but other <laughs> people are into Chekhov. And they think it's great, and I'm sure it is. So it's it's uh, horses for courses. And for me, as you said, I've now done the Kingsmans, got more Kingsmans, Hopefully, I've got. Um, you know, we've got the whole world of our girl, and there's two other spy things I'm looking at. So you're going, well, hold on. We're sort of, you know, Marvel and DC created these, these, these universes that are superheroes. Why can't we do it with spies? Yeah. So that's sort of the plan. Well, I, I, I mean, let's, let's hope fingers
0: crossed that everything comes to fruition. I know they're very tenuous things. So, um, so tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, you mentioned comic books. I'm a huge comic book nerd, so i got to talk about kick-ass real quick. Uh, I'm yeah. a huge fan of the comics and the movies. And you're, you're, you've been teasing this reboot, and you're teasing it in a new way. And I've got my
1: theories about that. But but basically, uh, my question- I guarantee you have no idea what it is. If you get it right, I'll make you an executive producer. <laughs> well... Uh- I as tempting as that is, well, I only have limited time, but okay. uh, well, wow, that's you know, sometimes a lot. You got to take the opportunity. Okay. Here, to you go.
0: Here you go. Yeah. Quick elevator pitch. The first two got movies, it. that school fight and that other fight are going to have characters in it that that maybe cross over a little bit, probably not so much. But the world of kick ass will be a thing that exists, maybe in the comic books, and the movies, and they will be an inspired by that for some reason, not knowing anything about those movies to take on the mantle as new kick ass and new hit girl and all that in a third movie wrong okay good, good cool yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right anyway my question yeah. is uh with with deadpool and uh deadpool 2 coming after kickass and kind of igniting kind of mainstream love for for r-rated movies like a disney version of an r-rated superhero movie yeah. where do you think kickass has to go now to kind of still diver- differentiate itself
1: where, where it's going let's just put it this way kickass was sort of a you know the most important line in Kick Ass, I think. Well, the, the two lines on uh, I about to say I never forget, and I'll probably get both of them wrong now. Um, was you know why does everybody want to be Paris Hilton? Nobody wants to be Spider Man. I think it was right, mm-hmm. which I thought was fascinating because it, it just showed the Because you know, remember that was a new thing. It was like what the hell is this Paris Hilton? And never you know the whole reality star. Had, that was a big big thing, um, and also with no power comes no responsibility. So these were the two hooks so we've taken those two ideas and we have to reflect so kick us the reboot is a reflection of the world that we now live in and what's happened to superhero films and and comics and where we are now so it has to you know kick us was a was a ton, you know was like hey this is something new and fresh and and another way of looking at stuff so we've had to do that again so all i can say is is People will be very surprised. And and I didn't want to go back to the world of Kick-Ass doing just a Kick-Ass 3 in the same. So it's not the same. Well, it is the same. All well, i saying, it is not what anyone expects, but there'll be enough in it for people to go, okay, that's different, but that's pretty damn cool. It's brave. It has to be brave and it has to make people feel holy moly. So I have the director. I have the cast. We have the concept. I just have to, um, you know, in my life right now, as I said, it was pretty extraordinary every time I do these interviews, everyone's asking about all these millions of movies that we should be or could be making, but I haven't got the, um, the, I just got to put some infrastructure in my life now because it's sort of being the one man band and playing all the instruments is I'm getting, A, I'm getting too tired, but now I, you know, there's no such thing as a one man orchestra and that's what we need to build right now.
0: Yeah. And, and before I let you go, I've got maybe time for one more question here. Uh, Deadpool 3, which I mentioned, yeah. you know, is is rumored to be uh, have quite a few cameos from the X-Men universe. And you obviously have intimate knowledge of the X-Men universe. Um, so I'm curious, as as somebody who's dabbled in that and and seeing what they may or may not do. Are you excited to see what Deadpool might do to characters that you helped to relaunch and, um, and and is effectively possibly closing the book on on that chapter of uh,
1: of your film, what your film started? Um. Uh, yeah, I, I I know a little bit about it, but I'm not allowed to talk about it, And right. uh, but I can just tell you what I know about it got me so excited that I'll, I will be buying a ticket to it um, opening weekend because I was, I was laughing and uh, laughing and I had a little bit of fear at the same time because I was like, oh my God, this sounds like maybe what we're doing a kick ass they're doing, but <laughs> I think we can both survive. Good, good. All right. Well, I got to go. Thank you so much, uh,
0: Matthew, for talking with me and uh, Argyle is a lot of fun. So thank you so much. Thank you as well.